Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So welcome and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to AccidentalMuslims.com. And today we have another special, special person in our studio, Zubair Hamza. Zubair, welcome. Shukran. Assalamu alaikum. And Zaid? Yes, alhamdulillah. I think most of our guests are special, but I think uh, the excitement around Zubair's uh, presence here today and, and the news that uh, came out last week, obviously, um, makes us all a bit more excited. So Zubair, shukran for accepting our inv- invitation to be here on our yes, podcast. Yeah. And, uh, uh, let's learn from you. Let's uh, understand what it means to be uh, a professional cricketer. And uh, once, I mean, on behalf of myself and Khalil, and I'm sure our followers, congratulations, firstly. Thank you very much. Really yeah, um, appreciate it. Cool. So, our first question <laughs> who, who is Zubair Hamza? Zubair Hamza is a easygoing. Um, Proud, unique, happy to be himself, um, follows, the, follows the faith, and someone that's just driven and, and is looking to make a difference in this world. Making a difference. I think that is something we aspire to. to the message we like to put out mm-hmm. uh, on our platform is individuals, these stories usually add value to our listeners. So uh, uh, we have no doubt that... Uh, uh, your success or, or not your 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 you're still at the beginning stage of your of your career, alhamdulillah. But this call up at this part of your age obviously is something which is getting the community very excited, alhamdulillah, and inspiring others. Um so maybe let's start from that point of view. What was your earliest cricketing memory so to speak? I mean topic obviously is cricket, so let's earliest, start out there. Earliest cricketing memories, um I'll never forget my late grandfather um, passed away when I was five, but he made me a cricket bat, which was flat on both sides, just a wood, a piece of wood that was cut out in the shape of a bat, um, and obviously I had like sailor tape around the, the handle just to make sure you didn't get any splinters. Um, so I think that was the start of me just um, exploring the sport, um, and to this day I have that bat um, in my room. Um, in wow. almost like frame basically so I think that would be the earliest um, and then I didn't I didn't I forgot what happened after that but then, <laughs> I, then I started playing um, for my local club in the Rosemead Premier Ski Club okay. um, at about the age of 8 years old I think it was more a hobby to kind of get me to lose energy on a Saturday <laughs> on a Saturday while my dad could relax with his friends so um, those would be my earliest memories of cricket. Wow, wow. I mean, uh, a memento like that. Uh, handcrafted a wooden <laughs> bat. Personalized. Uh, personalized. Uh, foot long. <laughs> Sorry for your grandfather. You know, kind of, uh, so, when you're eight years old, did you like envisage you're going to play one day for... Was it your dream to play one day for the Panthers? Uh, no, not at all. Um, at eight years old, I was, I was more into football. Um, I want to say who I support because <laughs> yeah, there's usually a big rivalry around that. But um, I was uh, I was into football um, more more so than cricket. And obviously, football you can play anywhere; it doesn't require a lot of equipment. And I think um, that's what made it easy um, 
and earliest memories of football I'll never forget my, pa- my parents keep reminding me of I stepped on the football and kept falling forward and knocking my face basically so <laughs> I wouldn't say I was the most talented footballer but I was more in, yeah. in love with football at the time wow. and, and then when did it become serious like 12, 13 do you remember do you remember like oh I'm actually quite good at cricket <laughs> Um, f- for me, I, I started playing school cricket um, when I was in grade four. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say I, I believe that I could make it at such a young age. Um, it came a lot further in, in, in my career or just playing the sport. Um, but I would say when I found out that I, that I could kind of hold my own in the sport, I would say it was probably about um, 10, 11 years old where obviously playing with a whole, a whole lot of my peers and mm-hmm. me being able to perform in any game, I think I think that was where I could kind of see myself playing the sport, um, but never really imagined that it would become a career of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10, 11 is still a bit young, still yeah. a bit uh, uh, a romantic vision. I mean, yeah. obviously, uh, most of our listeners probably know by now, <laughs> you obviously went to one of the traditional boys' schools. Yes. Um, and I know it was very competitive at, at that level. So when you were in the first team at Rondawash, uh, and I know there's a group of you guys that actually went yeah, up to yeah. Cobras together, it must have been a nice rivalry, a nice uh, friendly competition there. No, definitely. I think Wando boys are the most players in the Cobra side at the moment, um, which is something that I hear on most <laughs> days. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of competition, um, and I think it was good just just to experience that and kind of challenge yourself week in, week out. Um, playing first team for Rondawash, I never really... I don't think I was that guy to stand out week in, mm. week out. I kind of got good scores, but I never scored a first team hundred at oh, school. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't like I was able to... Like I had achieved those, you know, those centuries, those milestones. It was just good performances. Um, and yeah, in a way, it's kind of helped me along the way. So, so in, in preparation for this uh, uh, podcast, uh, I just put out a few questions or uh, call for questions to some of my contacts. Yeah. And the one question that came through to me was, what is a better feeling, beating bishops or getting your Proteus call out? A massive rivalry. Um, Albeit that beating bishops was a, a, a great feeling, <laughs> I, I prefer the Proteus Cola. Um, I think I think during my time in, in high school, uh, Weinberg was the main cricketing boys' school um, in terms of the first team results. Um, and I think I was in grade 10 when we first beat them after a while. Um, and then I think that ball just kept rolling and we ended up beating bishops quite a few times. So okay. I don't want to say, I so don't, I don't want to say anything about So whoever posted that question, it's the Proteus Cola. Let's leave it at that. We managed to beat bishops a few times. So another <laughs> another thing that I, I want to pick up for what you just said, though, you said that you you didn't stand out maybe as a first-team player, you didn't score 100 at yeah. the underwatch. But if I recall correctly, uh, you scored a double time. In yes. the UK or somewhere over there, or am I mistaken? Yes, um, I basically at first team level, I, I had gone on through a bit of kind of past performances and what people spoke about me and said about me. And then in that way, along with decent performances, I managed to play Kokik. Um, following year, I went abroad to England for about five months. Um, I actually scored a double down there against 
Okay, I was a year older, but mm. it's because that was done again. So I think it was far too close. They ended up touring there. Oh, okay. And then later on, I think it was a season later, I played for Western Province. Um, I think it was the 2014-2015 season. Um, I got an opportunity to play there again in my third match for them and ended up scoring a double time against Namibia. Sure, so you are owner of two double times. Yeah, one one unofficial, one unofficial. No, no, we'll make it official, we'll make it official. So you're in the leagues of Rod Sharma here, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so he said, said Rod Sharma, who, who's, who, who, who do, what cricketer did you look up to when you were young? Even currently now? For Yeah, for me throughout the years, it wasn't really one person that stood out for me. It, for me, I more appreciate like personality traits of different okay. Quality yeah. world class batsmen. Um, so if I can run through them, uh, Jacques Callas would be just like his technique. It was, it was world class. Then um, Virat Kohli's passion, for example, or Kaki Sorabada's aggression, Steve Smith's uniqueness, um, and then guys like Faf Duplessis and Kane Williamson. They're just like the temperament. Like it's so cool and calm. Like those are things I look up to. And then someone that. I look up to a lot is Hashim Amna um, and he's just humility and mm-hmm. just the way the way he conducts himself on and off the field so like a combination of all those different players or things that I can take out yes. bit by bit I might not be one of them but like if I can just be a little bit of yes. everything I'm sure it will make me into a better person not just a mm-hmm. cricketer no but that's, that's quite interesting Khalil if you think about it you know, mm-hmm. out of thought you would have said someone scored a triple century mm-hmm. because they scored a triple century or took six wickets but you you, you zone on more the, the qualities and the yeah. temperament um, so what, what's the makings or the most important ingredient for a professional cricketer or any cricketer maybe um, I think if I could name a few it would be um, humility one um, discipline and being ambitious and driven uh, those are big things and then um, just having the belief the self-belief and the confidence those in yourself um, if you know who you are if you understand your uniqueness you might not be like everyone else and if you can accept that and know who you are then you'll understand how to best uh, make strides forwards in the things that you want to achieve mm-hmm. Obviously, with uh, in sport, you win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. You're going to get that duck. You're going to, you know, embarrass yourself on the field. Um, what sort of mindset? How do you how do you get into the zone as a cricketer? I mean, you know, they always use this word in the commentary box. Yeah. He's in the zone. What is the zone? And and yeah. and, and give me the key as, to as, the, as I said, Joe <laughs> Callis' bubble. Um, yeah. that you got into. Um, for me personally. Uh, for me to get into the zone, I like to think of what is it that I want to achieve out of the exercise and um, how do I, what's the process about going there. And it's, for me, the first process is about solely zoning and focusing on one thing and that's the job at the end, how to start that process and kind of like ignoring everything else around you. So it's, for me to get into the zone, I have to solely focus on myself, the situation that might be there out in the middle, um, and what I need to do to benefit not just myself, but the my team, for example, in the situation. So when, uh, describe yourself in three words. Um, laid back, ambitious, and 
What does the third one mean? Social. Social. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So another question that came from our audience, our, our, our viewers, uh, our followers is, who is better, in your <laughs> opinion, Tenduka or Virat Kohli? And if you have a reason, Oof. please share with us. <laughs> I know each cricket is unique. For, but yeah, for me, I, I appreciate what they've both done for cricket in the world. Um, but for me, I'm at, at the moment, I'm going to have to say Tenduka for the impact he's, he's had on a billion people in India, for example, and all over the, the rest of the world. And just, uh, I'll just say for what he's achieved, I mean, no one else has achieved that yet. So um, I must say Tenduka is, is my answer to that question. Even though I have you just speak for me, I'd go with you. Good choice, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, take us through that moment we they actually you found out and how did, how did they call you did they whatsapp you <laughs> or how did they call you to say okay they they actually called me an e in no during the evening, evening. Okay. um and i missed the call unfortunately okay, okay. so i was thinking what is going you know on? the number i knew the number it was okay. the so the Vino selectors. Oh, okay. so, <clears throat> so so my initial thought was He's going to, because I'm not playing in the MSL, he's going to ask me to play in the warm-up match okay. for the South African emerging side to play against oh, Pakistan. Okay. So okay. that's usually yeah. like before the tour. Um, and then the next day I played a universities game and he, they got, I finally answered the call. He called me again and he said, now I'm included in the actual test squad to play against yes. Pakistan. Yes. So me first, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Like I was like, did you say like did yeah, you say it's like, a game? Yeah, like did I hear correctly or whatever? Um, and then I, I just I listened to everything I had to say and the reasons mm. and what's expected from me. Um, so I took everything on board, um, but subconsciously I just wanted to okay, thank you. Like I I appreciate what you said. Mm. I just needed to let it sink in. Yes, of course. So, it, uh, like, it was a relic, uh, like just a wide spectrum of different emotions. Like, oh, like in a dream. Elation, joy, happiness, ex- uh, mm. nervousness, yeah, excitement. Course. Yeah, and the, uh, the only thing I could do was phone my old man and my family and mm. tell them first thing. I had to tell them and they couldn't even believe it. So <laughs> I was like, okay, not going to give me anything back in the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, it was a proud, proud moment for myself and my family and... I'm glad I could make them proud of that moment. Yeah. No, I didn't know you, but uh, I can't speak for our com- for the rest of our community. We were so super proud when we saw that name. I, I follow one of the cricket writers and yeah. I saw that uh, on Twitter. I was like, what? I messaged my brother immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just so beautiful to see someone who's risen through the ranks. I mean, maybe a lot of people don't follow local cricket as much, especially for the cricket yeah, where you've applied your trade. Yeah. Um, so they're not familiar with many of the names, perhaps. But... Um, those that are in the club cricket, uh, uh, local club cricket, they know the names, you know, and yeah. they know the people involved. And if you are friends with them, you will know the names. And your name has come up on local radio stations as well. And uh, it, it's, it's a, such a, a beautiful feeling as a community, I think, mm-hmm. um, to hear your name out on that list, to see your name up there. And, and now I'm just listening to you say, so you phoned your dad for the first time. And that's such a beautiful thing. I mean, mm-hmm. life is all the relationships and every kid's yeah. first step is usually on the sports field with their dad. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's commendable on you. You, you picked up that phone, you phoned your dad. Yeah. And, and keep up that. I mean, a lot of people, I'll tell you, I'll share this with you. Yeah, I shared it in um, 
people ask why do we or what's the most one of the most beautiful things about interviewing your guests i mean we've interviewed over about 100 probably 100 yeah. individuals and i can go through each of those uh, talk and all of them contribute their success back to the parents yes, i think that's something mm-hmm. um Common, and I think that's something, uh, or rather, a secret to some success. So keep it up, uh, so, uh, Yeah, so and, and and just speaking on that, just all after the announcement and the press release of the the squad that's going to be involved, um, just the messages, and even though I haven't seen the people or communicated yeah. with them in a while, uh, to see to receive those messages, not just on social media, but people that Maybe. actually know me and got my number. Um, those messages and phone calls really uh, was heartwarming just to know like the amount of support from the community from family from friends um, really made a massive difference in just like dealing with the excitement of it all and what just happened so brilliant brilliant. sticking to that same theme about support and those sort of things obviously you're not here without the help or support of other people who have been some of your cricketing mentors in terms of actual uh, people you look up to and all those sort of things um, f- for me, I, I've i been blessed with having um, a few coaches over my short career that have really helped me with the game per se. And, and not just the physical or the technique side, but also the mental side of the game. Um, so credit goes to those coaches and the support from my family. I can mention those coaches would be, in 2015, I was at National Academy with Shukri Conrad. That made a big difference. Uh, just like, yeah, he pulled me right when mm. I was struggling, basically. Um, and then Faik Davids for giving me my first opportunity out of the club scene, basically, um, to play for the province side. Um, Ashwell Prince has done a lot for the Cobras and for me as an individual. And then I had a short stint in India with the SAA side. Um, so to tour there for the first time, culturally, it was food-wise, it was amazing. Um but in that short time, I learned a lot from Russell Domingo, who was a former South African coach. So I got to understand what, from Ashwell Prince, I got to understand what it's expected as a player at the next level. And then from Russell Domingo, it was what's expected from the player, from the coach's point of view at the next level. So those things helped me um, over this, let's call it four years that I've been playing um, professional cricket. But I would say the true mentor would be my old man, who's never played a, a game of cricket in his life. Um, he's a keen fisherman uh, for what's it, Four Oceans Island Club. Um, and he, he, his football is, is close to his heart. So he was never too keen on, on cricket himself. Um, but uh, when it came to me, he's offered his, his time and support and, and words of wisdom uh, through the good and bad times. So that would be my main mental I hope you're going to pick up his fishing tricks eh? uh, no, <laughs> on the cricket field yeah, it is fishing is nice but uh, I cannot handle fishing <laughs> lovely stuff lovely stuff <laughs> I hope you that zone and eat that but the yeah. ball is <laughs> fantastic stuff eh? so but uh, you keep track of your stats I remember when I was in school even uh, I played cricket for one of us cricket club and I keep track of my stats yeah. so I don't know you like keep track after so many 50s and hundreds before every season starts, I kind of set myself benchmarks, not in terms of specific 50s or 100s, but maybe an overall um, amount of runs that I might want to reach for the season. And, and in saying that, the sort of a- a area that I want to get my average okay. in line with at the end of the season. 
But yeah, fortunately these days we have quick info and stuff. Right? <laughs> so it's not just me that can keep up with my stats. It's the whole world. <laughs> I see your average is 49. I checked today. Is that the average you're looking at? 49, 54? Um, I, I would love an average of 50, but I'm, I'm just working one, one game at a time yes. and, and hopefully it will, will add up by the end of my career. Did you ever get out in 99? No, unfortunately, uh, fortunately, I haven't. Um, I've gotten out close a few times, 97, 96, 94, um, but never 99. Although, uh, one time I was in England, I played a game and I ended up on 99, not out. Okay, wow. Uh, <laughs> innings done, so you could say that's the same the same difference, really. Mm. So you've been a professional in the profession. I was a professional cricket for the last four years, you say, yeah? Uh, about... About four years we have been contracted. Uh, What's been the most challenging aspect of a professional kicker? I would say when things are going away. Um, uh, it, when when self doubt creeps in and you kind of string a few underperformances together, um, to deal with that self doubt because the more you doubt yourself, the more that ball come like keeps rolling basically, and you just end up kind of saying like. Am I good enough? You end up with that question. Um, and there was one season where that full season, I think it was the first season I started playing franchise cricket for the Cobras. Played about four games, got dropped. Played for the province side. Couldn't score a run there for the whole season. So the whole season for me was a learning experience. I don't want to say it was a write-off because um, I, I've learned a lot from that, that, that tough times. Um, so I would say that the toughest part is to kind of um, force yourself to be confident with who you are um, without performing. Because a, a lot of time people say you must perform to, be, to yeah. gain confidence. Yeah. For me, a main thing was how do I... Because in that winter period where I didn't play, the, the main thing was how do I build self-confidence without even playing a match yeah. so that I'm ready for when the season starts. Um, so so that, that came down to obviously trying to understand myself a little bit more, um, keeping faith in my ability, in, in what I've, the talent that I've been blessed with, basically. So um, to deal with those tough times mentally, the, the, I think that's the most challenging part of the game. What do you do? What are those mechanisms you call on in those tough times? Will you be willing to share that with us? Uh, no, uh, I mean you went the whole yeah, season as a batsman yeah. without scoring. I don't know. Yeah, the stats, I mean there, were, there was like a score every now and again, but it was never a, a significant. significant total. It was like okay, mm. now I can now I can start putting the numbers together. So for me, it was number one support structure that that was massive, um, and if not having that support structure in some cases, um, it's not the be all and end all. Um, there are ways to come. Come, overcome that, that tough times and that's to kind of just sit back um, kind of self-reflect understand that you can take learnings out of the tough times maybe it's there for a reason yeah. um, obviously you all have our paths planned for us um, so maybe there was a reason that you had to undergo the tough times and understanding that that might be the reality of what's happening in that way you can understand yourself a bit more and how to overcome those times sure brilliant brilliant Something that you mentioned earlier as well, which we don't, we always hear about man management in, in terms of coaching and what you said. The, one of the biggest things you learned in on the South African 8 was, uh, from Russell Domingo was what a coach expects from you. Yeah. Um, 
Why does it don't you expect for you? <laughs> um, it was mainly regarding the next levels. Yeah. Obviously, the coach tries to teach, or not teach, but he tries to bring about the ideology of you're playing at this level, but can you think and perf- and have the intensity of the next level? Mm. So you're always thinking a level ahead, basically. Yeah. And my understanding of what he tried to tell us was he tried to actually, he, we spoke one-on-one um, and he said certain things about what's expected there can't be moments where uh, it's just out of the blue that you lose your wicket for example or the, like uh, batting specific things and then also what's expected of the pressures um, that you have to deal with um, I mean if you play at the next level then you're playing for 50 million other South Africans sure. so dealing with that pressure how do you deal with it it's, he didn't give me answers yeah. he posed the questions so that I can I kind of figure out for myself you need to be reflective about yes, it obviously exactly. yeah. so, so those, those are the, the core issues that well not issues but core points that we spoke about yeah. and it's for you now to take that and, and again take it to the next exactly. level to, uh, think about it and, and obviously implement it somehow to whatever way you do it and, might and, be different to the, the next level. the same goes for, for actual Prince at the Cobras I mean he's played it's at 66 tests for South Africa so in saying that he's also taught us a lot not about the next level but the highest level mm. wow. so uh, it comes about in the same way they, they kind of pose the same similar questions um, and then it's all about us finding a way to deal with whatever is put in front of us unleashing your potential on the, in that moment in yeah. that game <laughs> interesting question uh, again one of our uh, audience our, our followers What's the best thing club cricket has ever taught you? I, I would say um, to be grateful for what you have. I would say in club cricket, um, I've played with phenomenal human beings in club cricket, and I've played with people that have and might not have as much. Um, mm. So that sense of unity was important. Uh, you can easily distinguish it by going into any changing room at the club level, um, and and really those are the guys. For me, I, I also look up to because at the end of the day, they work Monday to Friday and then for the pure love of the game, I mean, I've dealt with people that, I've interacted with people that sometimes I might not, and I might be like that in a certain moment where you're not grateful for um, for what you have to be a professional sportsman. Um, but there's other guys that, that play for the pure love of the game um, and obviously I'm trying to better myself on that front all the time um, but those guys I, I really look up to and I've learned a lot from them I mean they, they've played the game for a lot longer than I have and I've had the privilege of playing with guys that have made some serious impact on Western Province cricket mm. um, so especially from a from proud club of Primrose where it feels like a family um, you might not find that at, at the next level almost like the intermediate level because I understand I, from the outside looking at the South African side you think okay it's it's easy to say nah they're united which it looks like it I haven't experienced it yet so I can't say but I believe that it probably is united because they're playing for everyone else in the country and I can understand that at a club level it's also a lot like a family mm-hmm. and then provincial franchise SAA level people are on different journeys they want to achieve different things um, so I think that that's where people 
try and focus on in those intermediately in, intermediary um, teams because they try and all the kind of bond the family like unity so that obviously you get the best out of the players and players will play for each other so to your fire exactly so if you look at the club sides um, you you sense that immediately yeah. you have the local support and you might not get that in between till, till the top basically so how, how do teams then build it when you have pre-season tours and you have uh, team get-togethers so there's all different ways of building that but I'm saying at club level where the guys come out every Saturday to play basically for pride for, for local yeah. pride I think that that's ad- admirable and you can sense that local support and family like uh, vibe to the whole uh, Saturday pictures brilliant we don't like cricket guys we love we it we love it yeah. <laughs> Khalil played 100 games uh, made his 100 game played the other game Khalil was it? yeah played my 100 game for oh, so much yeah. for the club for my show brilliant stuff brilliant so what does it take to to be a professional sportsman from a dietary perspective like can you eat a masala steak in I, I, a, I, I, I can't say I'm the strictest on diet I definitely enjoy a Wembley and a masala steak sandwich. Um, does, does someone like watch you? Do you have like a, a, a dedicated dietitian? Um, no, a, no, we aren't, but we are. We do have access to those resources okay. in terms of if you do need. Um, do they check what you're eating? Uh, uh, what you're I, eating I mean, like if you ask for for diet for a dietitian to come and kind of hmm. um, evaluate your eating. Yes. eating kind yes. of habits then I'm sure you can okay. um, they'll organize someone to come in okay. but um, for me I haven't asked one asked one because I'll probably fail the test you're a typical guy yeah I, I try I try my best um, yeah. to keep fit um, and I've played sports like hockey throughout school and after mm. school in the winter keeps me fit um, and then just obviously having the self-discipline to control mm. yourself of course. Um, th- those are the big issues um but other than that, um, I, if, if there is a... If mom, mom's food is the best food and it might not always be the healthiest. So. It's good. It's good you mentioned that. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. You know, if you don't have an answer immediately, yeah, you can yeah. maybe answer it later. But what's the funniest thing you ever experienced on a cricket field? I mean, we know the chirps and all those yeah. sort of things. Mm-hmm. Any funny experiences? I mean, we've asked you a couple of serious questions here. Anyway. Uh, for me, the, the one that I... It hasn't been recent. It was a long time. Yeah, yeah. It was a small, small boy. Um, but I, I had a, I got a lot of stick for like the next two weeks basically <laughs> after that was, I walked, I walked out into the cricket field with my, first of all I had two of the same gloves and my shirt was inside out basically, okay. <laughs> um, so and back then the labels were like that long and stuff like that so I think that was probably the funniest. There, there has been a few blunders, um, by other people but. Not yeah. so much me, maybe more in the changing room of the field. Yeah, look like What's your player. favorite chip? Do you have one? Are you guys allowed as professionals? I'm not the one to chirp a lot. Um, <laughs> the funniest one that I've heard by someone else it cannot be cannot, cannot be said on oh, okay. 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 But I can I can say the one guy that did say it was uh, Salim Tofi of Plumerskri Club. Who I'm sure a lot of people know and, and is a very good guy and has devoted a lot to the sport. So. Okay. Yeah. Salim Tofi, we're going to come interview you. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are, don't worry, don't worry. 
What's your What's your favorite um, fielding position? Do you like fielding at slips or chilling it out? Uh, or at point? I, I've been fielding in the slips for the Cobras the past, uh, well, so far this season. Mm. Um, so yeah, I quite, I quite enjoy that. Also, I, I just like being involved. So whether it be point or midwicket mm. or spinner or cover, somewhere where, where I don't have to get too bored and yes. maybe in a long format game. And yeah. The bear, it's your helmet. Silly point. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm going to have to You prepared for that? I'm going to have to, have to hope, hope uh, that I don't get absolutely smashed in that <laughs> position, uh, which a lot of batsmen have done to me already. Uh, I think it is like that through, through any team. Um, the youngest or the the latest addition to the squad ends up mm. uh, having to take the mantle of putting on his helmet and boxing. The rights <laughs> of passage. Standing in the danger zone, basically. Rights of passage, yeah. it seems. I mean, every youngster and you, debutant, seems to get that helmet yeah. and ball box. I personally like Silicon. That's my favorite position. Or short yeah. yeah, I've always done it uh, at club level. But, um, mm. Okay, let's, let, let, the question I want to link on to is earlier you mentioned one of the things out of club cricket. Be grateful for what, what you mm. have. What is Subair most grateful for? Grateful for my health and just being able to um, be here as I am today. Um, and then a lot of time I refer, like when I think to myself and ask that question, it's, it's three Fs basically, which is um, faith, family and friends. Faith, family and friends. So I'm just pr- prior to the interview, that you practice five hours a day. <laughs> what yeah. do you do? I can't yeah. practice five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Predominantly, um, in the pre-season of the Cobras, um, over the past two seasons, we have quite, we've had quite a rigorous pre-season, um, of which we'd start, we'd get there probably half an hour before 10, um, start at 10. Um, then we'd have a, We'd have a training session in the morning and the, uh, where we'd bat in the nets and in the afternoon we'd have a fitness session. So we end up leaving at about just after three um, after the guys have gotten up from lying down <laughs> on the field. So so yeah, it's, it's, it's quite rigorous and intense, but it, it's good. It's proven proven to work um, through all its madness, yeah. I mean, you need to be fit even when it's got 200 runs. <laughs> she was <laughs> getting to 50. I'm tired already, man. But that's probably because I ate too much tabba salah. What's your favorite Quranic verse or hadith or story? Something that you reflect upon every now and then? Yeah, um, I think for, for me it's mainly mainly one story, and it's the story of Sidna Maryam, uh, mother of uh, Nabi Isa Islam, and the story of the date palm tree. Um, we okay. Well, I'm sure people know the story. Um, but the main thing that I take out of the story is um, tawakal Allah and that's something that I say every time I go to bed. Um, it just reminds me that like if you place tawakal, obviously if you place your your faith and your your trust and your resilience on and in um, the Almighty, uh, then uh, along with putting in the effort, then you'll get the rewards for, for what you want to achieve. So I think mainly it's putting in that effort 
Um, and if I can tell myself to continuously put in that effort, then I'll be able to get the result and the rewards. So my daughter's name is Mariam and yeah. his son's name is Isa. So that story <laughs> resonates with us finalized. Yeah. It's one of the most beautiful stories in the Quran. Yeah, I think definitely. with anything, it doesn't matter what profession, what work you're doing, yeah. uh, effort needs to be uh, followed yeah. or first with the wakil and then the effort. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a combination. So um, I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking, I'm getting goosebumps as you're speaking <laughs> there about that. It's, it's something uh, really is um, beautiful about that. Yeah. Um, Another question <laughs> uh, for one of our viewers. If you could have a century partnership with any batsman, past or present, who would that be? Tough choice, but also obvious choice, um, Ashimamna. Okay. Just, just, I, I, I don't expect like words of wisdom to flow out of his mouth because I've met him before. He's a very relaxed guy, easy going, laid back. I've had the privilege of making, performing Salah with him a few times and uh, the main message of advice that he's given me is um, through all the good and bad times, remember to keep praying and making yourself, performing your salah. So um, we probably talk a whole lot of nonsense out in the middle, um, <laughs> not really care much, but um, to spend the time out, uh, which is still a possibility, hopefully. Um, uh, we, uh, I think he's playing for the Cobras next week. So. It's still a possibility. I hope we can make it happen. Um, I'm sure it's gonna be crazy. But yeah, if it happens, then uh, I'll be able to uh, live out that, that dream. That, no, no, that we'll dream. And then hopefully, I can choose another guy. Essentially, <laughs> <laughs> partnership with him. So, so yeah, another so. question from Kairit Wan Hassan: Best moment in your career, obviously, besides the call up. Best moment. Um, there's been a, there's been a few wins that have resonated with me throughout my career, but. I would say the one most important win was uh, I scored, I, I had gone basically 10, 10 four-day games with the Cobras, uh, so basically 30 or close to 40 days of cricket without winning. We, we had drawn, I think, nine and I lost, we had drawn six and we had lost four, whatever. So I was thinking I was the, like the bad omen with the Cobras because I hadn't won a game yet. Um, and then we went to Peter Maritzburg and I ended up uh, ended up scoring a, a century in the second innings uh, and we got our first victory for me it was in my 11th game so uh, it wasn't so much the 100 it was contributing so and then winning mm. for my first victory with the Cobra side so I think that was a pretty big moment in my career so far so my last question um, we always ask our guests this question. This question. So today's your last day. Like you're gonna die, but you only have enough energy to say a few sentences. Besides your kalima, what would you tell us? Would be never give up on your dreams. Um, but in order to get and achieve those dreams, you have to place your faith in your Creator. Those would be my. We, we only wish you the best for your career yeah. and like you said, maybe this will be your first of many interviews that yeah, sure. coming up, yeah. um, uh, just sure. sharing your insights. I think part of our platform, just so that you know, is we just want to contribute by adding uh, value to our listeners, mm-hmm. to our audience and, and we believe uh, we, are st- we, we, we want to enable those stories. Yeah. We believe everybody has a story to tell from car guard to CEO to yeah. professional cricketer and uh, yeah, we wish you all the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Keep your faith. Keep your family, keep your friends, 
and just know that you're now part of the accidental Muslim family and we, we, we're really proud of you whatever happens later in the month and the years ahead um, yeah you're part of our legacy part of our repository so uh, keep asking you guys for me here today and all the best obviously I understand where you want to go with, with accidental Muslims and inshallah it will, it will happen inshallah thank you as guys So that's it for today's show. We hope you added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.